0: Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. It's that time, it's a Sunday evening, you've just sat down and you want to hear tactics where you came to the right place. We are going to be talking about Gareth Southgate in England. Now obviously, immediately people have so many thoughts about Gareth Southgate, obviously being a great guy, etc, etc. We're just going to focus on tactics. I've got Raj with me as always and for the first time uh, we've got James with us. How are you James?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Really grateful you've uh, invited me on. Thank you. I'm looking forward to talking about this because Gareth Southgate, especially from a tactical perspective, uh, divides opinion for sure. Um, so I'm really looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, hopefully anyone listening uh, leaves with some knowledge as to maybe why Southgate plays a certain way and maybe some other elements as well. Uh, before we carry on, I'm just going to very quickly say, check both of the guys out. Uh, and also the Gary Lineker episode comes out on Tuesday. So save your Tuesday. Because you might want to listen to it over and over again. I've literally just edited it, and you can't see me right now, but I look knackered because I've spent so long editing it. And let's get into this Gareth Southgate conversation. Uh, Raj, I'll start with you because I know you've got loads of thoughts on Gareth Southgate. Generally speaking, what are your thoughts on Southgate tactically? I think let's
2: start off with some positives about uh, Southgate. Firstly, <laughs> I think man management wise, I think he's one of the best out there in terms of building a team mm. spirit. Building connection between the players. I think England were always lambasted before with having wars and uh, divisions in the camp between all the different big clubs. So I think even the likes of uh, uh, Paul Scholes and Stephen Gerrard have talked about that in the past about how different big teams from different big clubs were at, at each other's throats almost. Uh, but th- this mm. England count is very united. The team spirit—you can't fault it. It's fantastic. And in terms of tactics as well, I think Gareth Southgate is a pretty decent uh, defensive coach in terms of setting up. A team in a compact system uh, off the ball even yesterday against Ukraine didn't really create much except for the goal uh, we sat back in a bit of a 4-5-1 and that, that, that was pretty solid in, in defensive terms but the key issue with me has always been in possession we've always looked mm-hmm. like a good counter-attacking team a good team in transition we play well against uh, teams who come at us really but it's always against the, those, those guys who set up in deeper, deeper blocks. And we struggle. We struggle. Even in the World Cup, I remember the USA game, we drew nil-nil. We couldn't find any way to break them down. And we've got all the talent on the pitch. Look at the technicians we've got. Bellingham, Saka, Foden, Kane. All of these guys are brilliant in possession of the ball, but we don't maximise them. And I think there's a big reason for it. I think um, yesterday, we set up in possession in a bit of a 3-1-6. So Rice was playing that lone defensive midfield role. And when he got the ball, it was almost as if he had no passing option to find. All the players were pretty far apart. The distances were massive. It was nothing like watching a Pep team, an Arteta team, a Klopp team, where the, te- where the players often interact, have relationship with each other, can find each other and ha- always have options on the ball. That is the big problem. We, ne- we, we always look like we don't know what to do with the ball. And it comes, from me, from the build-up shape and what players are instructed mm-hmm. to do. It was a massive gap from Rice to the rest of the team yesterday. And I thought that was a big problem. Um, and I think he's actually hampered himself a bit by going into this kind of lone defensive midfield system with one, with one, one pivot with Rice there. I think he would actually be better off serve, best, better served playing a double pivot and getting bodies around the ball in, in a more natural way because I don't think he's got the grasp of coaching a, a system like Pep or Klopp or Arteta where they have one sitter and then they have players around that uh, in orchestrated build-up patterns. I don't think he's got that in his locker. So I think he's actually hamstringing himself a bit and that is, for me, is the main problem. I think we don't pose enough threat. Even the goal yesterday Kane had to drop deep and played some wonder pass out of nowhere. It wasn't really from a coach pattern of play. And I
1: think we lacked any other ideas outside of that goal. Um, well, you know what? We, we said we, we started on positives. And I think from a, from a tactical perspective on, on positives as well, if I might add, I, I think he's done things. I, I've been ultra-critical of Southgate to the point where it's almost been quite difficult for me to sort of really get behind the team. So it's so frustrated think with all this talent, why are we not seeing it? And it always feels like when he takes one step forward, there's like another. Look at the eleven yesterday, right? James Madison's in, in the squad. He's actually in the eleven. He hadn't even been in the squad for a while before then he thought a player as talented as him. But okay, they've got a lot of talented players out like that, England. You know, and then you look at the eleven, he's out on the left. And you think, oh, okay, well, well he is on paper. And then actually when you kind of watch some of the patterns they did pick up, he's coming central and Bellingham's drifting left. And you're like I don't want him left either. It's like, get these players in central positions where they can, it always feels like one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. And he's done some things that I like. I mean, I was critical at the at Euro, I mean, Euro 2020, obviously they played in 21. When he played Rice and Phillips, I kind of thought, you know, I I don't get this. Why well, I've got two defence midfielders with three centre-backs. But actually we started to discover that Rice had this, box-to-box nature about him, that he could get forward. And we hadn't really seen that before. And then West Ham started to use him in that way a little bit more. So I kind of give him credit for things like that. So
0: that's what I was going to sort of say before you jump in, Raj. Is there an argument here, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, that international football is very difficult to manage in in terms of, if you think about France, for example, under Didier Deschamps, they play very limited football uh, and they do rely on individual quality and brilliance. Although there is the argument that Antoine Griezmann plays a very unique role for France, and that's because of Didier Deschamps. But I, I saw you were, you were ready to go at something else. But could someone argue that Southgate maybe is unlucky that he's, it's international football and it's difficult to manage in internationals?
2: You could say that. I think it is difficult to build a style with the limited time you have at international level. But then again, I look at a team like Argentina, who won the World Cup. Scaloni's come in there he's had a massive impact on their style of play you look at some of the football they're playing of course they've got Messi but it's not just Messi he's got uh, Maximizing. he's got the likes of Alexis McAllister Enzo looks Mm. phenomenal for Argentina Um, Rodrigo de Paul he's got all these technicians and he he gets the best out of them because there is a good structure and build up in place Uh, and as James said we don't have that and I think the other issue for me is we're also too passive why are we setting up in a 4-5-1 shape off the ball against Ukraine. Why are we not pressing them high, winning the ball back and keeping them penned in? I I was just baffled by that, to be honest. Um, Obviously, they've got some good players, but we should be dominating that game. And that's another issue aside from the build-up. I think our pressing is just really bad uh, uh, for England's level of players we have. We should have Jude, Saka, Kane. They should all be forcing uh, turnovers,
1: but we don't do that. Okay. He doesn't have much time. That's true of every international team. So it kind of, for me, it's like, well, even more reason to express yourself, even more reason to get these players on the pitch. And when you look at, you sort of maybe slightly arrogantly, I'd expect England to qualify. I know it wasn't that long ago that Steve McLaren, you know, didn't get us to qualify for the Euros. But, you, you know, you largely expect England to always qualify and then they have a lot of friendlies. And even when he's experimenting, I don't really see him going for it. Like, I think this is what I mean. I think it's just like innately in him that he doesn't want to really pull the handbrake all the way down. And I just think when you've, if you had a less talented squad, I mean, we've gone to some Euros where. You know, you've seen players kind of get minutes. That you thought, really, I don't get it. And oh, you're getting James Milner. I, I like James Milner, by the way. But you know, it's like, whereas this is such a such a brilliantly talented group, and I've never seen him even kind of line up the team in a way that makes me think, yeah, he really wants them to express themselves.
0: There, something you both just said there was um, like expressive football, but then again, is a counter argument not that. You want to go far in tournaments. Obviously, then there will be the argument that when they got to the point where they took on Italy, for example, and when they've got to points where they take on quote unquote a proper side who's mm. more tactical, a side that's more tactically versatile, England normally come unstuck. Yeah, um,
2: you, you've got yeah, because th- I think that's when the deficiencies c- c- get really laid out. It's when our individual talent can't bail us out against these top teams. You look at even France, for example. When they went down to Argentina, they, they really came back at them with an aggressive approach. We don't even seem to have that in our locker. Look at us against France. Uh, I mean, the, the, we, ca- we, we then went to... he uh, we made a lot of substitution in the second half. Nothing really came off other than the penalty shouts, let's be honest. And we don't have that in our, and against Italy as well. We scored the early goal and it completely went back into our shells. You know, Again, going back to that passive approach. But as you said... Southgate has really, I think that that's his nature. That is his nature as a coach, and it reminds me a bit of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's issue at Manchester United, where they can't really shake that pragmatism off them when they need to go so for it similar. at times in certain 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 periods of the game, and it really does harm us in, when he gets to the crunch
1: stages. By all means, be as pragmatic as you want. Have ten percent of the ball. What did West Ham go to? Brighton the other day had 25% of the possession, like seven shots or whatever, and won the game 3-1. You know, West Ham fans aren't complaining. They're absolutely fine with that, but they were defending well. They kept, okay, Brighton had a lot of shots, but the point I'm trying to make is he's not even getting over the line with these. He did yeah. against Germany, cool, i give him credit for that, but it's not actually working for him. Not in the way yeah. I think, you know, we look at semis and a final. But I don't think it's coming off the way people think.
2: Uh, Rambo, you mentioned the um, tactical flexibility point. Yesterday was another great case in point. He stuck with that same single pivot for the whole 90 minutes. And you could just tell in build-up nothing was happening. It was so slow because the distance was so big. All he had to do was make a simple tweak, get someone sitting next to Rice, maybe even drop Madison there. He's been playing a bit deeper for Spurs at times this season. And get him receiving, or even Jude Bellingham. But it didn't happen. And he's carried on with the same tactic. And it's like he sometimes just... Believes too much about his his default uh, kind of
0: strategy of pragmatism
2: is, is going to pay off when when in reality it was the same issue for the whole ninety minutes.
0: I saw your uh, tweets and we also spoke about this in text as well about Bielsa. Uh, he's obviously gone to he's at Uruguay now. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people are saying he's transformed Uruguay. Bielsa has this like sort of um, reputation. Obviously, like he's the master of football. He he taught so many of our favourite coaches, or more so they took things from him and. The counter-argument to that always is, well, he only managed leads and he's never actually won anything major. Um, you're obviously a massive fan, Raj. I have literally just gone through your tweets, and I think you've you've spent an awful long time <laughs> tweeting about Bielsa in Uruguay. Is this how, if someone's listening going, hey, listen, but like Southgate has got us to this far and this far and this far, um, and all you're saying is identity, but actually I just want to win something. Uh, but then you see Bielsa at Uruguay. Is this what you would like to see if possible at like England.
2: Yeah, I think with Bielsa, you can just see clear ideas of how he wants to play. Already we saw some of those goals, which is absolutely liquid football from, from Uruguay and it's one game in and they were really turgid in, in Qatar at the World Cup. So you can see the big difference uh, a quality coach can make, especially in terms of build-up. Uh, I do kind of agree with some people, Bielsa does get, take it too far sometimes and he does go really aggressively on a front-footed attacking approach. And it doesn't really suit some teams such as Leeds who didn't have the highest quality defenders and he left them very exposed but this is England now we've got high quality defenders, we've got John Stones, Declan Rice, Kyle Walker these are guys competing for Premier League titles as part of our kind of rest defence structure and we can let the handbrake off because we've got the quality of individuals at the back but yeah so definitely would like to see something more aggressive uh, that we're seeing with Uruguay already, yeah it, it would be a welcome,
0: welcome change I was just going to quickly say there. What is it that you've seen at Uruguay that you you particularly like?
2: So it kind of reminded me of Leeds already. The the first goal they scored, especially, it was it was like how Rafinha used to play for Leeds. So there was a it, the winger on the left. I forgot his name. I think it might be a Rao, who received it. He had then. Uh, underlapping run coming from inside of him, and it gave him the space to move inside. He found Darwin Nunes. Nunes then had a runner from a, a late runner from midfield coming a, a, in the, from a number 10 position, and then he, he was found in the box and he scored. So you can just see there's clear patterns there already with how Uruguay are building up. See how he, what he's done with Feddy Fed, Fed, Valverde, he, he's had him as already using him as a goal threat to hang back outside the edge of the box. Wait, let let Darwin Nunes and the others distract the defenders in the box. Valverde hangs back and gets his long shots in, and that's maximising his strength perfectly. So you can see already Bielsa's impact through that. And I think even Nunes commented he's already been working on him with kind of Zoom sessions where he's saying you need you need to sort this about sort this out with your finishing, sort this out with your link play. Uh, and I think Darwin's already benefiting from that.
0: We're set, we're, we might even title this episode Bielsa for England. I don't think the England fans would love that to be honest. Um, <laughs> Um back to England, back to Southgate. Um tactically speaking, because of the sort of and, and James and Raj both said this, there's so much quality that England have available. I always feel like it's it's probably the most difficult job in the world being an international coach. Because naturally, like a part of me actually does sit here and go, I don't mind the pragmatic approach. We just have to get over the line when we play Italy or whoever we play when we come unstuck. Um I also then do go, Well, actually, is it is it even possible for a manager to come in and pick the exact right 11 that we all want to see picked but then i also don't even think it's the 11 i don't i think actually the 11 that uh southgate started with during most of the euros i'm actually fine with it it's more the conditions that he puts the players in after that what i often find with england is you have say calvin phillips in possession and the nearest player to him there, there's just no angles available. So you're always seeing him go back to the centre-back, then back into Phillips, then goes to the left-back, then back into Phillips. It always feels like the next player hasn't been told to drop in or um, like the go-to. I think one of the commentators was saying, just bring in a number 10 so he can come and get the ball. I was like, I, I completely hear that, but I have a big problem with the fact that you just want to go, let's just chuck someone in there to make more angles. Like, all of these, all of England's 11 are pretty good in possession. They all play in the Premier League. so. You would assume that if you ask Rashford to drop in five yards, yes. um, and I think Raj and James both of this, all Gunashola's team had this problem. As Soon as someone got the ball in midfield, the the wingers bomb on into areas where they're never going to get the ball. The striker bombs on. Your fullbacks are really high and wide, and then you're kind of like your centre mid just on the ball, asking for, well, asking for options. Um, what is it that you would like to see happen
1: from this point? Well. You know, so let's look at the 11 that went out. OK, he, so he had um, Madison. Actually, I think this was pretty much the 11 he had at the he, at the World Cup, which was basically Rice at the base. And you had Bellingham and Henderson either side. Now, I have no problem with that. I mean, yes, we have tens. You know, we have Madison. Greenish can play their phone and can play their... Yes, we... But that's that feels very clock midfield to me. You know, that's... You know, Liverpool won the Premier League, the Champions League, beat Man City to some major honours playing with really, you know, loads of energy in midfield, box-to-box midfielders, you could cover a lot of ground, you could pull out wide, you could support full-backs if they got forward. I've, so I actually have no problem so much with the 11 that goes out there. It's about approach. It's about, if we have the ball, you don't want your wingers dropping all the way back trying to cover the full-backs. You know, actually have them narrow, let them press. If you're going to have a high-energy midfield, let them show off their energy. Let them get stuck in. Get up the pitch. You know, If you've got Carl Walker, an unbelievable athlete, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Rhys James, incredible athletes deliverers of football chill well as well Luke Shaw if you've got these options let them get forward and do what they can do so it's not so much the 11 goes out there and it's you know insulting it's I get it you can you can build a really good team with Henderson Bellingham and Rice bossing physically as well as being good on the ball but it's it's about how you use them and again it goes after the word expressing themselves you know if you want sacking nearer to goal nearer to Kane or, or you want Kane to drop into the pocket then have forwards that are central want to attack and dart that space and suddenly you create chaos suddenly when you press and you win the ball in transition you're in on goal in two three passes rather than winning the ball and then relying on your build up which you don't have because you don't have the time to coach and you haven't got the midfield out there that are cultured in on the ball to do that so that that's where I think I think it's honestly just down to players 11 on a piece of paper I don't mind it that much sometimes I do but largely just get them in the right pockets and they honestly think they can do fine.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And there's actually one major worry I have now about England and it's this, Harry Kane is a unique striker. He is a once in a generation type of striker. We've got him now in his peak. We've already wasted a few tournaments with him. When are we going to get another striker like that again? This we have. The, the time is now. We have to grasp the chance of winning a major tournament. And sadly, I don't back us to win it uh, at the, ne- the at the Euros, and that's another tournament gone. And that's Kane again, moving into his mid thirties by the time the next tournament comes across. And that's the sad thing. We've got him. He saw what he did yesterday. It was a fantastic bit of genius. But we've got the talent around him. We sh- shouldn't actually need Kane to do that. He's that good. He should be in the. We've got that many good players. He should be in the box, scoring our goals, not relying on him to paper up over our build up issues. And that's my major concern, and I think we're wasting a golden opportunity. People talk about wasted golden generations. I think we've got a lot of young players, but Kane is the key, and we're not maximising him.
0: What? How How would you maximise Kane? Because also, there, there, again, people will go, well, he's been wasted at Spurs as well for God knows how long. I'm sure, James, you're going to agree with that, being an Arsenal fan. Um, but he's been sort of wasted at Spurs tactically, um, and now we're saying internationally he's getting wasted as well, which is interesting because it's actually with Thomas Tuchel at Bayern, who will definitely use Kane the way Kane is meant to be used.
2: Yeah, well as I said, oh. I, I, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't have him doing all the all the playmaking duties that he had had to be doing against Ukraine the other day. Um, we should we've got the likes of Foden, Saka, and Jude Bellingham, all very good technicians on the ball. Would they they those guys are capable of doing that? We don't need Kane to be doing that, but well, we did because of the lack of build up uh, kind of patterns and penetration yesterday and i think that is just a, a real sign of where this england team is going
1: yeah i just think you know, i i actually don't hate kane dropping in sometimes because he he's he sort of he's so brilliant he still finds goal scoring opportunities for himself you know whether the talents out there to kind of help create that he, he does get himself in the right areas as well i just think What's getting the best out of Kane? Well, it's, it's like Raj said. So, okay, get Grealish on the pitch, get Foden, get players in and around him, you know, get overlaps, get players on the pitch are going to get balls into the box. That sounds all very simple. But if you are going to have him drop in, which is fine, then I think you need players that want to run beyond. And I think you might have to remind me, there was a goal at the World Cup where I think it was either Bellingham or Henderson ran beyond. I can't remember. Yeah, but, Henderson. You know, uh, yeah, he Bellingham squared hand. it, didn't he, for Henderson. Yeah. Mm. I, I actually love that kind of goal. I love midfielders breaking forward, like running through, you know, the, the kind of y- your forwards are dropping in and the midfielders are making those runs and beyond. And, you know, it, it's it's chaos for defences. I love seeing that kind of thing. So I've got no problem with Kane dropping in, but make sure you've got the, the runners around him, that they're allowed to express themselves. And do. I keep using that word express, but I really think it comes down to that. And you know, we went with Madison on the left. And, OK, we talked about the Madison-Bellingham kind of dynamic and how that sort of looked on the pitch. But I'd be having Rashford and Saka, you know, or play or Sterling, you know, have them just attacking that space. Because if he's vacated it, then there's something there to attack. And I would just having them narrow, close to goal, going at them. And, and I, I think they, they, they've shown they can be efficient and put up, you know, good numbers in the Premier League. Sterling over a long, long time. Rashford dips in and out, but last season, brilliant. Saka's adding that in the last year or two. So, you've got wide men who can really, you know, contribute with goals as well. Um, so, that's what I think. Just get the runners around Kane.
2: 100% agree. I mean, because, a... Sorry. Yeah, 100% oh, agree because no. you look at club level, Kane and Son had such a fantastic partnership. What is the closest replica of that at England level? Kane and Rashford. Rashford coming in off that left-hand side, using his amazing like ball striking and Kane then feeding in the balls or even vice versa that like Kane and Son had going on. So, yeah, and we've never seen, we rarely see it. Rashford's barely given a chance, even against France in the um, World Cup. He was given about five, ten minutes off the bench at the end.
1: Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Raj. Did we not beat Spain in one of those Nations League games, three nil, or three? Maybe, was it three two? We were three 0 up. Something yeah, like? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. It. It was something like that. But I think in that game we looked very cutting. And if I remember right, we had Rashford in that. I might, yeah. I might be remembering it wrong. In fact, no, you, it up, but... no, you're hundred percent
2: right. It was Kane, Rashford, and Sterling from free. Uh, and it really played into Kane's strengths.
1: Yeah. More of
2: that,
0: please. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating debate. International management, I think, is one of the hardest jobs to do in football because you have such limited time with players. Um, and then also, uh, there's the whole politics. I think Gareth, and we won't talk about this in this episode, because this is solely tactics, I think Gareth has done a lot of things right. He's papered over a lot of cracks. He's ensured the nation is on side with his team. The team is now likeable. And these things didn't ever really exist that much. Um, The only problem really left is how do England get over the line? And that's why we sort of come to this podcast where we go, tactically, something's not right, obviously, for England. um, And who knows what might happen. Uh, Very quickly, very quickly, last quick question. Um, If there was one change tactically you could make to the England team, uh, right, as of now, going into the next tournament, I'll start with you, James. What would that tactical change be?
1: Oh, that is such a good question. Um, even though it slightly goes against what I'm saying in terms of getting my favourite players on the pitch, I think I'd have Rice. I'd have a, I'd have that two sitting. So Rice, but then with Bellingham as like a box to box, and I know you want to get him forward, but I think he can do that. And then and then you have, you play with an out and out ten. So whether it's Rashford and Saka on the wings and and you've got Foden in there, whether it's Foden and Grealish like I, or Madison, have so many options. But I would just revert to a two sitting and let the three around Kane, you know, do their thing. And we don't really see that in we haven't seen that formation that much recently. Like tens of sort of fallen out the game and then they're kind of coming back. I don't really know, but that's yeah, that's probably what I'd go with. There was an eleven I saw on Twitter the other day that I really liked. I um, can't quite remember what it was. But, yeah, he probably is getting just one of those extra creative midfielders in there. So,
2: yeah, I agree. I think we need to go for a double pivot. I think we need to take some inspiration from Roberto Di for example. Look how close he gets those midfielders together, playing in short distances, combining increases the speed of the build-up. And that, I think that will be a, a massive change for us. Our issue is we, we're not stocked with loads of mid, deep line midfielders. Um, Calvin Phillips not playing. James Ward-Prowse, I have doubts over his level. Uh, Henderson I don't think he's uh, uh, good enough for double pivots uh, anymore and probably you'd be looking at something like Trent maybe if you didn't want to play Jude Bellingham there and you wanted to use him further forwards then again is Trent good enough playing as an out and out midfielder I personally would try it with Rice I think Rice can take up most of the uh, duties of receiving under pressure and playing out like that Trent can be the more expansive passer alongside him and then I'd have Jude Bellingham as a number 10, like he's playing for Real Madrid under Ancelotti, it's raiding the box. And then you've got Rashford off the left. And you've got Kane supplying both Bellingham's runs, Rashford's runs, and Bakayosaka, again, being another creative source on the right. So I, that, that would be the system I'd look to use, 4-2-3-1 with those kind of players.
0: Fascinating. I had a feeling both of you would say four two three one. I I do agree, but then I also do think I, there is actually isn't a six that I'd pair Rice with. Maybe it is Trent, but then I'd put myself, get a hat on and go, I don't know if... Southgate plays Chen and Rice and a pair and so and this is one massive thing about international management if every international manager could they just keep playing the same 11 over and over again because that is just what international management is like you see them for 2 weeks every 4 months and you like Calvin Phillips he brings in a pie every lunchtime you like Rice because he does what he does you know like there's a, there's certain like connections that you you sort of stick to so um as much as I'd like to see England play a 4231 I just don't know where the other six comes from. I'm trying to think of, there must be someone out there that can play as a six. Um, I actually prefer James as a six to Trent. Um, we saw it very briefly for Chelsea, um, but I just think he's much more athletic than Trent in that position. And in international football, if if Trent's playing right back, this is, I would play James as a six. If Trent is not playing right back, then stick, stick Walker at right back. I'm completely fine with that. Um, just a bit oh, of invention yeah. I want to see a bit of creativity uh, I'm bored of seeing the same thing
1: over and over again uh, Do you guys sh- think sorry to cut do you think Bellingham could drop in I know, I, I, you made a great point about letting him get forward and, and that is what he's been doing so well but do you think he could break forward from one of the deeper roles and then you get a Foden or, or a Griersch or a Madison in
2: there I think he could definitely do it but I've I got some stick for this yesterday but I do still have concerns about his passing his weight and his accuracy is a bit inconsistent. We saw it again yesterday. There were a few random passes he made and they just completely went to nobody. I think he, do, he does lack that kind of skill at the moment. I, and, and what I have concerns about is Real Madrid still using him in that, in that high position. Will he develop that side of his game? I think he will eventually. But I think it's going to take a bit more time. Um, but I don't think it's the worst idea, no. I think I think he could still do it. Okay. All right.
0: Well, uh, Gareth, if you're listening... We've just given you everything you need to know to getting into in the next tournament. Um, it, if you are listening, not Gareth Southgate, anyone else at this time, uh, thank you for tuning in. The Insight will be back, I think, the week after next. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, the Gary Lineker episode is out on Tuesday, so stay tuned for that. Uh, check out Raj and James. Thank you, boys, for doing this, because it is 11 p.m. on Sunday night, um, and the tennis is on. Well, I'm pretty sure the boys want to watch tennis, so I won't hold you any longer. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.